On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll recount who's not likely to return in 2021 and look at who's hot and who's not. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-crews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Michael Beller, Al Melchior, Thursday, September 16th. The news and notes begin with Blake Snell heading to the IL because of a groin injury. Padres signed Vince Velasquez to a minor league deal he is expected to start against the Cardinals over the weekend. Jose Barrios, meanwhile, felt better on Wednesday with his abdomen injury. Could still start on Monday against the Rays. Joe Adele to the IL with an Abdominal strain may not return in 2021. Joe Madden also basically making official what we pretty much already expected at this point. Mike Trout unlikely to return at all in what has been a lost 2021 season for the superstar. Jesus Aguilar with that knee injury also unlikely to play again in 2021. Mike Miner to the IL with a shoulder impingement. Arizona activated Merrill Kelly from the COVID list, placed Tyler Gilbert on the IL with elbow fatigue. Michael Conforto likely to receive and reject the qualifying offer this offseason, hitting just 227 with 12 home runs on the year. Al, what are we going to be doing with him in 2022? Yeah, that's the question because it's just been such a disappointing season for Conforto. And I mean, that, you know, those stats that you just read, not very impressive. And that's with like him to turning it up a gear over the last month and a half. So um, just, you know, for the most part, a really miserable season. And, you know, coming into this year, uh, you know, somebody I was looking at, and I think a lot of people were looking at as, you know, top 25, top 30 outfielder. Mm-hmm. So obviously not going to be there next year. Uh, I would expect, you know, could be somebody that could be a, a real bargain for a lot of people. Uh, he'll, he'll slide in drafts and, you know, hopefully regain the form that he, he showed in 2020 and 2019. Uh, maybe that 30 home run potential is still there, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure a number of us will spend this off season trying to figure out what happened to Michael Conforto this year, because at this point in the middle of September, I still don't really know. <laughs> and, uh, that's something we're going to have to figure out, obviously. And assuming things follow that track in the offseason, receiving and rejecting the qualifying offer, perhaps a change of scenery will do him well. Let's take a look at the Wednesday standouts. Austin Hayes having a very nice season. Two homers on Wednesday, up to 20 now on the season. And Alan, some of my leagues, he's still sitting out there. Is he someone who should be rostered in all leagues for the rest of the year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, been hitting really well lately. And, uh, you know, it's the, the, you know, beauty, I suppose, maybe of this part of the fantasy season is that if you've got people who have been eliminated from head to head postseasons or people who are just more, much more focused on fantasy football or what have you, uh, that somebody like Austin Hayes could still be out there. So definitely, you know, don't assume that, uh, he's not available because he just <laughs> yeah. might be. I will say that the league that I'm thinking of is a head-to-head league where people have been eliminated and I am in the semifinals. Um, Andrew Benintendi, 5-for-5 against Oakland. Seventh multi-hit game in his last 12. Adam Frazier is just about as hot. He has had his third multi-hit game over his last seven. Uh, Both of these guys widely rostered, or at least Benintendi certainly is. So uh, just keeping an eye on those two guys as they swing the bats very well here down the stretch of the regular season. Jesus Sanchez with two homers against Washington. He's now up to 12 on the season. What do you got on him, Al? 
Well, he had a really good schedule this week, as did you know the rest of the Marlins too, because they're they're all you know playing the same teams. But <laughs> um, <laughs> he was hitting well coming into this week, so he was somebody that I featured in uh, the the next week in fantasy baseball column. Uh, you know, over the the past weekend. Uh, so there's a, still a series coming up against the Pirates at uh, at home for the Marlins. So that obviously was a big part of the reason why uh, I did like Sanchez for this week. So uh, if you've got an opportunity uh, to to pick him up for that series, absolutely. Absolutely do so because yeah, you've got the combination of somebody who's swinging a hot bat, maybe showing the uh, the power ceiling that you know has been there for him as a prospect, and uh, a pretty nice schedule to take advantage of that. Yeah, Brian De La Cruz, uh, his teammate, doing the same, uh, hit his fifth homer, walked twice against Washington on Wednesday. So he too, someone that we've talked about recently, and is showing how he can be valuable to fantasy teams over these last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, and this is another player that, you know, as we kind of switch into this, you know, running into the end of the season mode here, you're thinking about for 2022, how do we treat Brian De La Cruz? I don't really expect that he's going to be taken in 12-team drafts. I mean, I guess we'll see how he winds up the season. Maybe that will change. But I think it just does raise questions about how legit has this been for him because he's been one of the Marlins' best hitters uh, since he was acquired at the trade deadline. Uh, and the, the type of player that he is, that in the minor leagues, he's somebody who has hit for average. He hasn't had a, a you know, even a normal, much less a low BAPIP rate since I think the low minors. So this seems to be legit, maybe not quite on the level that he's been hitting 336 at this point, uh, heading into September 16th. But, um, you know, how much value is there in somebody that you can maybe only count on for batting average? And to what degree is, is he really going to help there? Yeah, it's a fair question for sure. Frank Schwindel with his 13th homer and 12th double of the season at Philly. We've talked about him quite a bit. He is now widely rostered and making a good case for himself to have some sort of meaningful role with the Cubs in 2022. Matt Duffy also for the Cubs went three for five with a double in that game against the Phillies. Is Duffy getting enough playing time for your taste, Sal, to want to maybe roster him in deeper leagues the rest of the way? A deeper leagues, I'd say, sure, he is not. And, you know, if he was getting more playing time, then I would consider him, you know, maybe even in 12 teamers. But yeah, I think at this point, you're looking at 15 teams and deeper than that. Uh, you know, somebody who maybe can uh, hit for average the rest of the way out because he's not really met his normal standard as far as that's concerned up to this point, but uh, seems to be heating up. Yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, the playing time, they're enough, I would say, also, in deeper leagues. Robbie Ray, just, I mean, what what a season. He's in that Cy Young discussion, and just another unbelievable start. This one against the Rays, one run in seven innings, four hits, no walks, 13 Ks. I did not see this sort of explosion from Robbie Ray coming this season. I don't know who did, if anyone did. How are we going to be treating him in 2022 after the year he's put together? I imagine he'll be drafted as the number one starter, but the, yeah, the question is how close to the the top of that uh, rank ordering for starting pitchers is he going to get? I you know have yet to hear anybody talk about him in the same breath as as you know Walker Bueller or even Max Scherzer, and it, it, rightfully so because mm-hmm. we don't want to mm-hmm. overweight a, a fraction of a season for somebody. But he's just been so incredibly consistent and dominant that. Um, you know, if he's not in that discussion, I think he needs to be in the discussion for the just the tier right below. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that'll be something that'll get sorted out. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty fair to think about where he's going to be in 2022. Your guy, Mr. Cortez, with another great outing. One run on three hits and six and a third. Walked two, struck out 11. Um, this is just someone we're trotting out there every time he takes them out now. 
Absolutely. I mean, for 2021, what's left of it, he is must start. Uh, we could raise the same questions for him in terms of what might his role be in 2022. That's not really clear at this point, but I think if, if he does have a, uh, a rotation spot sewn up uh, next spring that you're looking at somebody who's going to get drafted in 12 team leagues. And I would imagine probably uh, at least the middle round. So uh, he's certainly proven a lot this year. Raider Suarez and Antonio Sensatella coming through on the stream as well. For Suarez, it was six innings of two-run ball, six hits, one walk, and eight Ks against the Cubs. For Sensatella, six innings of two-run ball as well, seven hits, no walks, and seven Ks against the Braves. So virtually identical lines for these two guys. And they're just going to keep living on the stream. And Al, I think there's a good case to be made for both of these guys that if you did stream them yesterday, just hold on to them for the rest of the season. Well, with Suarez, there's absolutely no question about that, not only because of how well he's pitched and, and how consistently well he's pitched, but uh, as we've noted on a couple of previous episodes, his schedule down the stretch is just incredibly good. Uh, his next projected start would come at home against the Orioles. Then he gets another one uh, at home against the Pirates, and he would wind up in Miami. So uh, the, arguably, the, the Cubs could be, you know, the toughest start, the <laughs> toughest matchup he's got on the way up because the Cubs actually have been hitting fairly well. So it, it really, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, uh, coasting downhill from here for Ranger Suarez. Senzatella, you know, doing it again and doing it against pretty good opponents. So, um, you know, I feel good about both of these pitchers as, uh, yeah, not really streamers anymore, just somebody that you would start. How about Matt Manning? Where does he fit into this picture after a six inning, uh, one run, two hit, three walk, six K start against the Brewers? Uh, yeah, well, Manning had a lot more to prove uh, coming into this one uh, because his he has had uh, some good starts. There was even a stretch where he strung a couple, uh, a few good ones together, but that that's a while back. So didn't really see this one coming. Manning was really not on my uh, stream radar, especially against the Brewers uh, of all teams. So good to see for him. But his next uh, projected start next week would be against the White Sox. So not really interested in Manning, to be honest. Uh, Josh Rogers had himself a very nice start against the Marlins. No runs over five innings, just one hit, one walk, and six Ks. He's got a 2-6 ERA uh, so far uh, in his brief careers. Faced Miami, Pittsburgh, and the Mets. Miami and the Reds next week. What does that do for you, Al? I think the Reds start really rules it out for me because, you know, fortunately we've only seen this year, we've only seen Rogers pitch against, you know, really favorable competition. So we'll see that again in his next start against the the Marlins at their park. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't want to take the, the risk against the Reds. But the same matchups go to Eric Fetty, who's proven himself to be a really reliable streamer this year. And I think that Fetty, too, could get into trouble against Cincinnati because he can't be homer prone. But uh, I, I probably would use Fetty in a two-start week next week. I think I would pass on Rodgers. A couple of veteran soft tossers also had good games on Wednesday. Marco Gonzalez gave up three runs on three hits in six innings, walked two, struck out seven against Boston. John Lester, three runs on six hits in six innings, or two of those only being earned, struck out seven. When was the last time John Lester struck out seven uh, (laughs) against the Mets? How do you look at these two guys for the remainder of the season? Uh, well, yeah, I think it definitely for Gonzalez, it depends on the matchups. Uh, I pretty much just like him at home against, uh, whomever the Mariners might happen to be facing. So he'll get Oakland, uh, in Oakland. Actually, I feel pretty, pretty okay about that one. And then, uh, the following week he'd get Oakland or maybe the angels either at home. So yeah, I think, uh, if I've got Marco Gonzalez, I'm keeping him in the rotation for those last uh, couple of starts. Lester, I don't know where this came from. Uh, he's actually had a string of really 
effective starts, you know, from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, productive in that in the previous four starts, he had only given up either one run or two run in each of them. So if you're just looking at earn runs, it's now five in a row with either one or two runs given up. Uh, but just to, to put this in perspective, if you look at those five starts combined, he's tossed 29 and two thirds innings, 20 strikeouts, seven mm-hmm. of those came in this one start, <laughs> 10 walks, six homers. A couple of those also came in this start. So the ratios really aren't very impressive and they're even less impressive if you take the Mets out of the equation. So I'm still staying away from Lester. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Al, Thursday streamers, it's a short slate. We only have a couple of guys to discuss here. And actually, we have a couple of head-to-head streamer matchups. First with the Angels and White Sox, you get Alex Cobb and Ronaldo Lopez. And then you got Dietrich Enns and Tyler Alexander facing off against one another. Who do you like to stream on Thursday? I really like Alex Cobb. Um, Ooh, me, against my the only... White Sox. Yeah, I mean, it's just he was really good, uh, you know, prior to going on the IL. Um I mean, it is a bit of a toss-up between him and Lopez because Lopez is not coming off the IL. He's you know he's been healthy. He's been pitching really well. Uh, he obviously has the much better matchup of the two. But you know, pound for pound, I mean, I, I think that Cobb is is easily the best pitcher out of the four. Um, so if look, I have him in a weekly league. If I had known for sure he was coming off the IL this week, I would have started him this week. So if it's a daily league situation and you can activate him, I would feel all right about Alex Cobb. I'd also feel okay about Ronaldo Lopez. Mm -hmm. Dietrich Enns has been an interesting story. Um, Just, you know, another pitcher that the Rays bring up, a journeyman who's pitched really well, um, has had some longer relief outings. So maybe he gets stretched out, gives, you know, gives you four or five innings against Detroit today. Uh, It's a bit more of a stretch, you know, to, to be looking at using ends. But, um, you know, I'd probably have him third in the rank ordering here. Tyler Alexander's been, uh, you know, fairly solid of late, uh, but don't love the matchup for him. So uh, streamable, you know, he's in the discussion, but definitely pales comparison versus the other three options here. All right, we're going to fly through the stock watch to end this episode. Lane Thomas is up 306, 397, 528, and two steals in 120 plate appearances with Washington. Eric Fetty also uh, is up. The ERA over his last five starts is 5.26, but ERA estimators comfortably two runs beneath that. And you just mentioned his rest of season schedule at Miami, at Cincinnati versus Boston. On the downside, we got Trent Grisham, just three for his last 39, 15 strikeouts. James Caprellian over his last six, 27 innings pitched, a 6.3 ERA, 25 walks against, or 25 strikeouts, excuse me, against 11 walks. Al, we've got time for you to take one of those guys and spin it into something fantasy actionable. All right. Well, I've already talked about Fetty. So I think the obvious one here is Trent Grisham because somebody that uh, people, uh, you know, have uh, rostered him uh, widely this year. But I just don't think you can start him right now when you've got uh, titles potentially on the line. Yeah, very, very uh, bad stretch from Grisham, something uncharacteristic, not that we have been expecting at all this year. That'll do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Please rate, review, subscribe, all of that fun stuff, and get ready for a fun Friday episode ahead of us. Alan and I will be here with you tomorrow to do that. Have a great day. Enjoy all the baseball, and we'll talk to you soon.